0: This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless.
1: Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Will Within Podcast where we share stories of hope, will, perseverance, and inspiration. Before we begin talking about today's guest or talking to today's guest, I'd like to talk to you about your very generous messages that I have received. It's at willwithinpodcast at gmail.com. Again, willwithinpodcast at gmail.com. And I've received some excellent messages and feedback to people you might be interested to listen to. One of the individuals is by the name of Mitzi Perdue. She is a debutante, a socialite, and she's also the widow of Frank Perdue. She's got some wonderful insights being an author and a speaker, and now she has a new fight that she's dealing with about human trafficking, and it's called the winthisfight.org, and it's actually got an abbreviation of WTF, so that's appropriate. And again, it's dealing with human trafficking, and is a $100 million challenge. So we're going to look forward to that pretty soon. But today, we're going to have the opportunity to talk to a gentleman by the name of Matthew Leonard. He is a PK kid. If you don't know what a PK kid is, he's a former pastor's kid. And he talks about going from different faiths to finally landing on the Catholic faith and his journey. And he talks about being the host of The Art of Catholic, which is a podcast that's been around since 2015. He also deals with pilgrimages. He's got 90 videos so far in the lessons that he has online that are called The Science of Sainthood. He's interviewed some wonderful people like Father Alar who I interviewed regarding Divine Mercy. He's also dealt with people like Taylor Marshall and Don, Father Don Calloway. So that's just a few things he talked about, it, along with redemptive suffering. So I'm looking forward to having you listen to the podcast with him today. And then within a few weeks, we'll have up Mitzi Purdue. So I'm very excited. Thank you again so much for supporting my podcast We really do need stories of hope, will, perseverance, and inspiration during these very challenging times. So thanks again, and God bless you. So on our way to Matthew Leonard. Welcome, Matt, to the Will Within podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today, and I love your background story from PKK to international Catholic speaker. And you've done plenty of things along the way, so I'd love to hear your journey. Let's start out by talking about how you grew up. You're like a Heinz 57 kid, from what I understand.
1: That's exactly right, and it's great to be with you, Regina. I, uh, I'm i what you call Protestant mutt. I, uh, <laughs> my dad was a, a Methodist pastor, and then uh, we he kind of had a, a conversion experience. He was an atheist Methodist pastor, if you oh. believe that. And then he had a conversion experience. We went to a Pentecostal church, and then that church split. And uh we ended up going to a charismatic church after that, uh, while my parents put me into a Calvinist high school. And then cool. after that, I went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, a televangelist, and then graduated from a Swedish covenant university. Wow. And I have been in just about every other denomination at some point or another uh and and that's why i refer to myself as a, as a protestant mutt because i've been around the block huh.
2: you know what i love about that though you you're able to look at all different religions and and kind of grasp different takeaways from each one and i'm well, sure you know, you're it, much it, more accepting of a lot of different faiths
1: because of that well it, it's interesting because you recognize as the church teaches that there are elements of truth in other religions right. insofar so far as they are reflecting god right because god is truth. And to be honest, uh, we share, you know, a whole lot more with our Protestant brothers and sisters uh, than we differ. And that's not to diminish the the differences. Trust me, I am very well aware of them. And that's why I became Catholic. But we have to remember that they are our separated brothers and sisters. And all too often, I think that uh, we kind of lose sight of that.
2: What was the impetus for you to finally say, I'm struggling with trying to understand why I'm being called this way? What was it that, that, that put you over the edge?
1: The big Becoming thing Catholic? was authority. It, it yeah. was all about authority. Uh, at, because I was a member of all those different denominations, uh, all of them claimed to have scripture as their sole authority, and yet so many of them interpreted it differently. And finally, I'm, I'm kind of a low-wattage bulb. And at some point, it kind of uh, got through my thick head that, hey, something's not right here. If everyone says they have the same authority, and yet they all interpret it differently— how am I supposed to know who's oh, right? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I brought up to my friends one night. We were talking about it in a Wheaton cafe, and uh, when I brought the question up, one of them said, "Well, we've got the Holy Spirit to guide us." And I said, "Yeah, you got him, and you got him, and you got him, and you got him, and I got him." We all disagree. So, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, and, right. Let's uh,
2: flip a coin. What's right, who's right? <laughs>
1: well, you right. know, I went home and asked my dad, who's got a PhD in the canon of sacred scripture. You know, how come I'd met some Catholics and I said, how come the Catholic Bible is bigger than ours? Like, what's going on with that? And uh, to be honest, if I had gotten straight answers at that point in time, I don't think I ever would have looked twice at the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. But uh, they just were unsatisfactory. And that kind of started me on my path. It took years for me to finally, you know, get rid of all of my baggage and finally become Catholic.
2: When you say that you were a Protestant, how many kids were in your family? I mean, what was the? I'm the youngest of five. The-
1: Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: So you had a lot of influence with the other kids growing up being pressured into different faiths
1: and stuff like that, I'm sure. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, you know, you're you're kind of bouncing. It's very interesting because as a Protestant, the mentality is most of the time, as long as you're in church, it doesn't matter what church you're in, as long as it's not Catholic. I mean, that was kind of the mentality. And so we were all kind of spread out in different churches. And no one would think twice if I didn't go to my home church and I went to someone else's church on a Sunday. Uh, Mm. You just didn't bat an eyelash as long as you were in church. Uh, And it's kind of funny looking back on it just because different things were being taught.
2: What age did you convert over to Catholicism? It started, was in
1: nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, I was I was about twenty nine years old. And uh Were well, you
2: just was, newly married with a with a couple of little kids? So you have a father of six from my I I
1: yeah, no, I have six kids. No, I had not yet met my wife. Uh she's a cradle Catholic. I converted before I met her. And uh I don't I don't think she would have looked twice at me <laughs> if I wasn't a Catholic. But uh as soon as I married her, I think my family knew I was really gone. But yeah, they're not gonna get uh, it back. No. (laughs) so
2: what are the pluses and minuses that you see in being a kp kid
1: i always had a deep relationship with the lord i mean it doesn't mean i was uh, i wasn't certainly wasn't perfect a pastor's kid is kind of a euphemism for a rebel uh, in the protestant world i didn't really go that far down that road so i i grew up to love jesus as a protestant and and i knew sacred scripture as well but What Catholicism has done is taken all of that I'd ever learned and reshaped some of it, of course, but put everything else on steroids. And so I began to see Sacred Scripture in a whole different way, in a much deeper way than I did uh, as a Protestant. But I, because it's informed by tradition, and so the Church, it wasn't just about Scripture. The Church gave me something to rest my faith on. I said it was authority, right? I realized I was not the the final authority on anything even with sacred scripture. And there was a magisterium to appeal to. We were standing on the shoulders of people who had come before Mm. us. Mm. That really appealed to me. And and there's a security in that. Uh, My family, some of my members, my family said, well, you know, if you were allowed to believe whatever it is you wanted to believe as a Catholic, what would you believe? And I said, you don't get it. I'm free now because I don't have to be the final authority. Uh, I I have the authority of Christ uh, speaking for me. So that's the, the biggest benefit but it also it just transformed my spiritual life in a lot of ways
2: tell me about the filmmaking aspect of what you do because like I said you wear so many different hats I know you've got like 70 video lessons on the science of, of sainthood I believe how did yeah. that come to be I mean you know that, you start out learning converting and then teaching
1: <laughs> no that that started when uh I mean I have a background in when I was a kid uh, I had done commercials. All my brothers and sisters and I had done commercials. We'd done stage work and things like that. So the the Is TV that in front of the world, screen or behind? Oh well, no, in front. So I okay. it, it but but the film world just wasn't uh, unknown to me. Put it that way. But when uh, a few years ago, when I was still working at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, we knew we needed to take the Bible studies that I was writing and and producing for them and put them on video. And so I started doing that. And that's when I learned the whole back end of the directing and producing and all the rest of that kind of stuff because I just started wearing all those hats and doing it and uh, thanks be to God it was like a fish to water and that's kind of what the Lord made me to do and when uh, I went on my own about 18 months ago and founded Next Level Catholic Academy I just took all those skills uh, that I had learned over the years and put them to work to teach Catholics in as beautiful way as I could what Catholic spirituality is all about and how it is we're moving toward God in a way that most of us can't even fathom.
2: I love with the online aspect how you can integrate your international travels now because you do speak both nationally and internationally and people are able to garner what you're learning and what you're teaching and turn it around and be able to learn from you online, directly online for an extended period. That's great.
1: It is. It's, it's really leveraging, uh, time. And of course, during COVID and all the rest, I mean, my, I've had very few speaking events.
2: Yeah. And I really
1: poured myself into the video production. And, and now, Regina, my goodness, I'm, I'm starting to push 90 full lessons on the science of sainthood. Yeah.
2: You've up to 20, huh? Wow, that's- yeah,
1: I'm I'm pushing hard because there's a lot to say, and mm-hmm. I th- this to me, I mean, look, you look around and you see the unrest in the church and in the world in general, and we all know we have got problems, and I'm I'm getting a little tired of people pointing fingers at other people and saying it's his fault, it's her fault, or you know, if only we'd done this or whatever. No, it's our fault. Uh, what we need to do is look in the mirror and take care of our own spiritual lives, and that's what. The science of sainthood is really all about we're not supposed to muddle around the muck of this life just waiting for jesus to come back or us to die whichever one comes first there is a goal of this life and it legitimately is sainthood and it's something that each and every one of us is called to and the church has given us an actual Mm. path to follow to achieve it and that's Mm. what we need to do
2: i completely concur with you ultimately it's up to our responsibility to be able to save ourselves and to help each other get along the path to salvation i agree I agree completely. But I'm excited. For the fact that you're doing your uh, pilgrimages it starts up again in March, right? March in 2021. Oh, yeah. yay! You know,
1: oh, I can't wait. Uh, I, I know really, that you I said really... you would
2: travel once. Tell me about a story about I love John Michael Talbot. I think this guy is so moving. And you did a, a journey with him and Scott Hahn, right? Tell me a little bit about that. It wasn't experience. the, no,
1: Scott, Yes, yeah, Scott Hahn was not on it. It was, uh, it oh. was me, John Michael Talbot, father, uh, Don Calloway, and oh, Jim Caviezel. That's it. And, and we were the, the four. Now, Jim Caviezel, of course, was the, the main headliner, and John Michael was there to, to play, and I was there to speak and to interview Jim Caviezel. And it was really, I'd never met John Michael before, and he and I have since become very good friends, actually. We, we chat uh, fairly regularly uh, on the phone. And of course I'd heard his name even before I became Catholic because he was so famous, but, uh, he's become very much an older brother in the faith to me. And, uh, I I really have a great deal of respect for him, but it was the Holy land. So I'm going back to the Holy land in March, 2021, and we're going to do this for people who've never been to the Holy land. Typically when you go there, you are bouncing from hotel to hotel as you're moving around the country. And the way that John Michael and Jim Caviezel and and we did it, uh, we went to one hotel and we stayed there the whole time. And we just took coaches to the places we needed to visit. And it was awesome. Uh, And it's a five-star hotel. It's kind of hard to even call it a pilgrimage, to be honest. It's a beautiful hotel. But you're just much more rested. But the Holy Land itself is just... It's transformative. Uh, if you've never been there, it is—it's so is, is an experience that will change everything. Uh, I mean, literally, the the words on on the page of scripture come alive in a way that you can't imagine, Regina. You know, it's actually kind of funny standing there. At one point, we're in the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, which is where the tomb of Christ is, and you get to go in and touch it. You can venerate it for like, you know, they let you in there for fifteen, twenty seconds or something before someone's yelling you to get out, but right. because there's a line. But as I'm standing there. Jim Caviezel comes walking out oh, of Oh, that's tomb. wild.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. You must have been pushing yourself like crazy. <laughs> it was
1: hilarious. I'm like, here's Jesus coming out yeah, of the right, tomb. Exactly. It was so cool. <laughs> you
2: know, I interviewed Steve Ray, and um, he was talking about having a different perspective because when, when he would go out and give tours and stuff, he would go out very early and do an early morning jog, and he would run the whole path that Christ took. Mm. Um, in, in different pathways and he said what what a different perspective he got because it's only a small radius to be honest with you right yeah, it's not very long
1: yeah no it, it the old city actually you can you know you move around in pretty easily and it's you know narrow walkways and it has it's very ancient obviously and this whole via doloroso where you kind of walk the steps of christ as he's carrying the cross lot of times when you do this on pilgrimage, you do it really early in the morning. I mean, crack before the, before dawn so that no one else is on the streets. And so you are walking through and you're kind of passing across along lots of times amongst pilgrims, a little one, right? And you're praying the stations as you go. And it is a tremendously moving experience. And mm. you end with mass at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Mm. Uh, it's just really... It's unlike anything you've ever done.
2: I love the concept of keeping one hotel as a home base, so you know you're centered. You know, you know you can go around and visit, come back, and center yourself where you, where your home base is. That's good. It's so it's it, great. it
1: is. It, it's a lot more relaxing. And what happens is you get to kind of experience everything a little more easily because you're just not as tired out.
2: Listen, I want to talk to you about your podcast because you are on the cutting edge, my friend. Didn't podcast that about maybe 10 years ago, but then all of a sudden it got a, a lot more popular about five years ago. And isn't that when you started on um, your podcast? Yeah. It's called The yeah, of my, Catholic?
1: That's exactly right, Regina. Thanks. Um, yeah, Yeah, like 102
2: Catholic. episodes. Amazing.
1: Yeah, there's 100. And, I'm getting ready to post 103 probably oh, just in a your... couple of days. But at this point, I mean, I can only put them out once a month because so much of my time is uh, really invested into Next Level Catholic Academy. And I would love to get more out because there's so many people to talk to, as you well know, and and so much Catholic information to share with people. It's it's just a great. I think it's listened to in in almost 190 countries now. Oh and
2: congratulations, that's fabulous. So you're
1: you're spreading the faith, right? That that's right. what it's all about. We want right. to evangelize the world with the truth, beauty, and goodness of Catholicism.
2: Right. Excellent. I mean, I've looked at at your roster here on your website. It's on. Matthew, I'm oh, Matthew S Leonard dot com, right? That is like because yes. it is the wheel, it's the hub of the of all your activities. I love it. I think it's great. I can yeah. find out a lot of, I love the fact that you also talk about the fact that you when you do talking and, and to different people throughout the world, you always say you want to talk to the Jane and the Johns, the regular average shows, you know that kind of people. I think it's great because there's a lot of people that. Are intellectual based, but they can't they can't really express themselves so the average person can can understand what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, you know, this is um, all false humility aside, this is this the gift that God's given me. I, I can wade in the waters of the academics and I uh, you know, I I read the material and all the rest of it, but my heart is for the Catholic city in the pew. I'm not even frankly, I mean a lot of people ask me if I proselytize, you know, Protestants and whatnot. Only when they come across my path. My heart right. is for the Catholics in the pew. Right. And and I the, the the truths of Catholicism are so beautiful and so profound and yet so unexplained uh, to so many people that that's really what I've made it my mission to do is to break even the more difficult concepts down for Joe and Judy Sixpack to to understand and so they can fall more in love with Jesus Christ.
2: Let me ask you about this pandemic situation. You talked a little bit about it earlier. But you've also done talks about redemptive suffering. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that in terms of what we're all going through now.
1: Mm. You know, I think this is one of the most beautiful doctrines of Catholicism. uh, Because what Jesus did is he took, obviously, the, the things that we suffer and he made them the path to salvation. And a lot of people don't really understand the mechanism behind all of it. First of all, God didn't cause suffering, right? It came about because of us. And when Jesus took sacred humanity and he wedded it to his divinity, he endured the consequences of sin, suffering and death. And he made that the path to salvation. And what that means for us is whenever we suffer anything and we make an act of the will and we just give it back to Jesus, because we're joined to the mystical body of Jesus Christ, our suffering now has value. We are participating with our Lord. And this is not something that I was raised with as a Protestant. And the reason why is because though we would call each other brother and sister, it wasn't real, but as Catholics, we take Paul very seriously when he says we are one body with Christ. And so Regina, you legitimately are my sister in Christ. We are joined together in a real way. And so when I suffer something, it it affects you. In fact, the, the converse is true as well. When I sin, when I do something wrong, I affect the body of Christ. So it's kind of a two-way street. Redemptive suffering is a beautiful doctrine because I can offer my sufferings up for the sake of the rest of the body, as Paul says in Colossians 1.24. I sin, I also damage the body of Christ, which is a bad thing. And that's one of the reasons why as Catholics, we go to priests for confession because they're acting in persona Christi Capitas, in the person of Christ, the head. And they bring healing not just to us, but to the entire body as well through the power and grace of Jesus Christ. So when we're sitting here suffering all the various things as a result of COVID, this is a, it, it could be, COVID could be like a nuclear reactor of healing love of Jesus Christ. That's spreading out to all the the parts of the mystical body of Jesus Christ. If only we would just make little acts of the will. And it's as easy as that Jesus, I give you the suffering And he takes that little act and he multiplies it a million fold because what we have done is now made an act just like Jesus Christ on the cross in giving our sufferings back to the Father. It's beautiful.
2: Yes. Wow. You said it beautifully as well. You know, when this whole thing started, I don't get out very much because of my physical limitations. And I realized that people really are suffering. What I'm kind of going through on a daily basis is what a lot of people are suffering through now. So I found that when this began, I ended up praying more and more for people to be, because the hardest thing is a lot lot of it's psychological as well, being caged in, being feeling like you can't go anywhere when you're with other people. So I think it's profound that we're able to pray for each other. And like like you said, suffering is important when we turn it over to Christ. And it's important, like you said, for all of us, one bread, one body. But we are the bread with St. Teresa's Prayer. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous.
1: It is. You know what it does is it It grants meaning to each and everything. Every moment in our life actually now takes on a value that it wouldn't otherwise have because it's united to Christ. And so it doesn't matter what happens to us. It can be used for good if we will accept it and give it back to God. And the saints will talk about this kind of penance as this kind of involuntary penance and something bad happens to us, if we will accept it and give it back to the Lord, just with an act of the will, simple prayer, Lord, I give it back to you. Mm. That is the highest form of, of penance because you're accepting the will of the Lord. And, and why is he allowing it? Well, he allows it for your eternal good because he is our good and loving father. And so he always has our eternity in mind. I mean, he wants us to be happy in the here and now, but he's always looking out for our future. Like any good parent. And so he allows these things, giving us the opportunity to accept them and give them back to him for the good of ourselves and the people for whom mm-hmm. we offer them up.
2: Really? I, I took could listen to you talk all day long. I love what you're saying. I really do. Um, but I know your time is of the praise, essence. Like you said, you're doing like God. 90 lessons now, video lessons. So I don't want to hold you up because I do want to, I just want people to introduce you to them. So thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. And um, is there anything that I could that I haven't said about your website that we should talk about really briefly?
1: Well, I'd love for people to uh, to just visit nextlevelcatholicacademy.com, and uh, if they go there, they can actually uh, watch a couple little videos. They even have a a little rental, uh, six month rental for the first fifteen lessons of the oh. entire academy called Catholic Mysticism in the Beautiful Life of Grace. You can kind of dip your toe in the water and see what it's all about. And, and I did that because, you know what, once you dip your toes in the water and you understand what the beautiful depth of Catholic mysticism and spirituality actually is, it will set your soul on fire. And right. then you can't get enough because yep. uh, it's what you're made for. And that's what I want Catholics to discover.
2: Do you have a Patreon that people can also or PayPal?
1: I do. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, yeah. I, in fact, I mentioned how I'm trying to get more of the art of Catholic podcasts out. And what I need to do is be able to hire some production people to help me uh, so that I don't have to keep doing it all the time. And I can actually put more content out, but they can find that at patreon.com slash Matthew Leonard. Thank you very much, Regina.
2: No, no. It's my pleasure. Listen, I know I want to thank you so much for for talking, taking the time to talk to me.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having all right,
2: me. God bless you. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. I love Matt's story. Thank you so much, Matt, for taking the time to talk to me today. I hope my listeners got some very valuable information and takeaways from that. So thanks once again to him. And remember, in the next few weeks, we're going to be airing the conversation I had with Mitzi Perdue, the socialite debutante, the heiress of the Sheridan Hotels and the wife of the late Frank Purdue of Purdue Chickens so until then my virtual family be blessed
0: through audio guided contemplative prayer sessions from meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines hollow has something for everyone hollow is the number 1 catholic app in the US it is free to download and has permanently free content but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days risk free by signing up at www.hollow dot app slash breadbox